We hope you're blessed and encouraged by the following study from Calvary Chapel, El Monte. It's our simple prayer that you would grow stronger and deeper in an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Should you have any questions, please feel free to contact us here at Calvary Chapel, El Monte. Please turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 14. And I was really encouraged that... um, Last week's study by Henry, you know, when he taught from the Gospel of John, and whenever I hear any studies from the Gospel of John, it it brings me back to when um, I first got saved, and that was the first book of the Bible that I actually read all the way through. And um, if you haven't read it, I I really encourage you um, to read the Gospel of John. When you read the Gospels, there are different ways the writer um, writes about Jesus, because the Gospel is the good news. And um, it's about the testimony of Jesus and his life and ministry. And uh, the way Matthew writes um, his gospel is he writes as Jesus being the king of the Jews and his audience is the Jews. He's writing to the Jews and he's writing as Jesus um, being the king. When you read the gospel of Mark, Mark writes um, to a, a Roman audience as a servant. And then when you read uh, the Gospel of Luke, Luke is writing to um, the Greeks, other, you know, nations, Gentiles, and what he's doing is he's writing as, he's writing Jesus as, um, as his humanity, as being a man. And then you get to the Gospel of John, and when you get to the Gospel of John, it blows, it just blows it away. Not saying that the other ones don't, but he writes to the world that Jesus is God. And so, um, in John chapter 14, verses 1 uh, through 6, it says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, or many dwellings. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again And receive you to myself, and where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way, you know. You know, it's cool that uh, Manny took some time off and uh, went on a vacation. How many of you like vacations? Right? Vacations are are cool. They're needed. I I highly recommend if um, there's any um, vacation time that you have available, use it, take your family out, spend some time with them. And um, I know um, I did that. And um, when I was coming back from a, a little vacation, we just stood uh, you know, three nights a- away from Almani, because we live in Almani. And um, when I came back, um, you know, I got some news that my, my grandmother was passing away. And so this, um, this passage has been on my heart and the Lord reminding me that um, death is real. And uh, one guy, I forgot who it was, but he said, in America, two things are, are guaranteed. And I'm pretty sure you guys have heard it before. Taxes and death. We can't escape death, no matter how much um, we try. The CEO of Apple um, before the new CEO, was, his name was Steve Jobs. And so Steve Jobs had cancer, and he thought that he could think 
his way out of dying. He just thought, well, maybe if I think I'm not going to die, um, I won't die. Well, he didn't, I guess he didn't think hard enough because <laughs> he passed away, right? And so it's just one of those things that it's life, it happens. And Jesus right here is telling his disciples, and I believe was telling me, um, not to lose heart, not to be troubled. And the, uh, the previous chapter, in chapter 13, um, Jesus is there. He washes the disciples' feet. He uh, identifies uh, who will betray him. He uh, gives them a new commandment. He predicts that uh, Peter will deny him. And I believe this is called uh, the upper room discourse. And so what I was tripping out on Jesus when you read this is that he was telling them, you know, you're going to mess up telling Peter. These things are going to happen. I need to go to the cross. But then he told them in verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And you know that saying, what do you guys want, the good news or the bad news? And what do we usually say? Good news? I usually say, give me the bad news first, right? Because you just want to be prepared. Okay, give me the bad news. What's going what's gonna to happen, right? And so you fill in that blank in your life. Some of you are going through some crazy things I can't even uh, imagine. You know, I think of uh, Nadine and, and Eric and their families. They're going through a trial, and it could be a financial trial. It could be um, a physical trial, emotional trial, um, families um, getting pulled apart, whatever it might be. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Hollywood tries to break down um, heaven and how heaven would be. People write books about it on how heaven would be. Um, but sometimes they just don't get it right, right? There was this one girl I remember, she was being interviewed by um, Ryan Reese. And what she did was, she had like a really crazy life. Maybe you guys are familiar with her, her testimony. But to sum it all up, she got a shotgun, pointed it to her face, and she pulled the trigger and blew her face like crazy. She survived. She survived it. And so she, um, you know, Ryan's interviewing her, and she said that she believes that she was in, in heaven. She believes that she went there. But what's, what's so cool about her response when he asked her, like, what did you see? You know, did you see the pearly gates? Did you see, you know, um, floating babies with wings or, you know? <laughs> she said that um, kind of what Paul the Apostle says, that he couldn't even describe he couldn't even describe it with words, and that's how she left it. She left it was, you know what, um, if it was, you know, I'm not sure, but I think it was, and I can't even describe, like, in detail on how it was. And the Bible gives us, you know, references on um, what heaven would be like. You know, they say that the streets, the Bible says that the streets are, are made of gold, a new Jerusalem, a new city. Heaven's called the new country. And, you know, it's cool. There's no sin in heaven. And so we won't get tempted to scrape the floor because it's made out of gold and put it in our pocket. So that's pretty cool, huh? We won't get tempted. I know you guys would have got tempted to do that, right? 
We won't get tempted to do that. One guy, I think it was Warren Wiersbe, and I know Manny's quoted um, him and uh, Gray Glory. I even heard Gray Glory on Wednesday on Pastor's Perspective uh, say this uh, quote by Warren Wiersbe, that heaven is not just a destination, it's a motivation. But then you could also reverse it in that it's not just a destination, it's a motivation. Because when you think of death for the Christian, it's a celebration. It's not... um, like the song was saying, there was a song that they were, they were singing that death has no hold. You know, there's no sting because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And so the disciples, they're right here, you know, feasting, hanging out. Then, you know, Jesus starts letting them know, hey, you're going to uh, deny me. And, you know, they're kind of like, well, what do you mean I'm going to deny you? And, you know, they're kind of tripping out, right? And so Jesus just lets them know, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. And so it's good news that as a Christian, we know that when we die, the Bible says to be absent of the body is to be in the presence of the Lord. And so it even talks about, the Bible even talks about that when we get to heaven, we'll um, know each other and that we won't, you know, have name tags. You know, my name won't, my shirt won't say hello, my name is Ray. You will, um, you know, we'll, we, we will recognize one another. We see that um, in the Gospels where um, on the Mount of Transfiguration, where Peter, James, and John were there, and uh, Jesus has his glorified body, and there's Moses and um, Elijah. And, you know, it didn't say, hello, my name is Elijah. They knew. They're like, hey, this is Elijah. There's Moses. There's Jesus. And so we'll have a new body. And even like I was um, listening to Great Glory, it was fun. Out. Did you guys hear it on Wednesday? Anybody? Pastor's perspective? <laughs> Isaiah, that's cool. And then uh, he, he, said, um, he said, I think that hair is part of the fallen nature and that when we get to heaven, everybody will be bald. And I thought that was funny because you know how he's bald, right? And then he's all, and Pastor Chuck agreed with me <laughs> on this. It was funny. And so he goes on and, and Jesus tells him, and if I go... And prepare a place for you. I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Now one thing about um, John, just to give a little quick background on him. John wrote the Gospel of John. First, second, third John. And then the book of Revelation. And he's the only um, disciple who didn't die a martyr. And um, before, you know, he, he, before the Lord had called him, he was actually a, a fisherman, him, him and his brother. So he was pretty much like your average Joe, you know, a, a nobody. And, and God just called him to, to be somebody. You know, he called him out of his, um, his fishing job, and he became a, a fisher of men. And the letters or the books that he, he wrote are, are beautiful when you read them, Right? Revelation is kind of a little uh, tricky sometimes, but it's a, it's a beautiful letter. And then right here in the Gospel of um, John, I just, I really like the way he writes. Because again, like I was sharing with you, it reminds me of when, when I first got saved. And just thinking of my grandma and, and her passing away and just holding on to, um, you know, 
life happens, our, our life is like a vapor. One minute we're here and then we're gone. But there's hope. And the hope is that one day we'll be reunited together again. And my grandma, she was laying on her deathbed. And I got I to gotta see her. And what's so cool was, um, you know when you see people on their deathbed and some people look like they're in pain? Well, my grandma didn't look like she was in pain. She looked like she was just sleeping. Like she was just like knocked out. She was even snoring. It was kind of weird. And so I got to go to my grandma's ear. My grandma, um, if I can remember, she was the one who told me about, about God, about a creator, the best way that, that she knew. And then I think she was probably the one who planted the seed and then other people coming around watered it, and then, you know, the Lord did, did a miracle. But I remember um, going to her ear, and, and I just, I told her, I hope to see you later. I didn't tell her goodbye, but I told her, I hope to see you later. Because again, according to the Bible, you know, when we die, it's not over. There's people out there who think, you know, once we die, that's it. It's over. You know, I go to soul sleep. I just, you know, lay there in the grave. But the Bible teaches that there's two places that, you know, somebody goes to. It's either heaven or it's hell. Now, the word heaven, when, you know, you're reading the Bible, you know, there's, depending on the context of where, where you're reading, um, it can mean uh, three different things. Number one, it can mean um, the heaven, like the sky. It can mean um, heaven, like the universe, or it can mean heaven, you know, paradise where um, the Lord is and where one day will be. And it's cool that Jesus encouraged them, you know, in this time, in this state of mind and situation that they were in, that let not your heart be troubled, that he was going to go and prepare a place. And I believe that the Lord is telling us, you know, remember, this isn't our home. I'm guilty. I'm guilty of um, sometimes getting comfortable here. You know, I'm guilty of the American dream, quote-unquote, right? And the Lord's reminding me, we're just passing by. This isn't our, our home. You know, we're just like pilgrims. We're just, you know, going through this journey. There's a camping trip coming up. How many of you are going to the camping trip? Cool. Not everybody else I'm excited about the camping trip. But you know when you camp and you get all dirty, you know, and you smell. Some of you guys take showers. Some of you don't when you're camping. And you just want to go home and just like go in the shower, right? And just like, man, get all this dirt off me. And the same thing is, you know, in our walks with the Lord is that I know there's a lot of people out there who, who need Jesus but you kind of just want to go home. You know, you just want to kind of get, you know, the dirt off of, off of us, so to speak. And so we know that Jesus is a, a man of his word. Will you guys agree that Jesus is a man of his word? When he says yes, his yes means yes. When he says no, his no means no. When he says wait, I start to cry, right? <laughs> when, he starts, when he says to wait, and you're like, Lord, but why not right now? Because he says, it's not, it's not my timing yet. Even when you think about um, 
earlier in the Gospel of John when his buddy, Lazarus, was uh, dead. And um, they were going through some, his sisters were, were crying and, you know, they went to go tell Jesus. And Jesus didn't go right away, right? He waited for a while because his time wasn't, it wasn't his time yet to go over there and uh, heal Lazarus. And so, you know, as we're reading this, you can take Jesus' word to the bank. Anything he says, hold on to it. Now, like I was sharing earlier, there's a lot of people who write about heaven and they write about, you know, different experiences. When it comes to the afterlife, I just encourage you, go to Jesus. What does he have to say about the afterlife? And um, I would take his word over anybody else's word. And um, I remember somebody asked me, when, when you get to heaven, wh- what is it that you're, you know, how was the question? When you get to heaven, what's the one thing you're looking forward to? And so I kind of had to think about it. I was like, oh, because there's so many things, right? And if you guys can, you know, maybe propose a question to yourself, you know, when you get to heaven, um, what, what do you look forward to? And then the last song that we, we uh, sang, you know, I just, that, that's where, where I feel like I can't wait to see the face of Jesus. You know, out of, out of everything there, I mean, I can't wait to see you guys too, you know, and hang out. I can't wait to, you know, talk to David and Paul and, you know, all these people, even, you know, the martyrs, people who've gone through so many different things. I can't wait. Like Manny says, we'll probably have a little corner. That's the Almani section and have carne asada and hang out. I can't wait for that. But I, I can't wait to see Jesus. And, you know, it's cool in the book of Revelation, it talks about how there will be no more tears, no more sorrow. How many of you guys cry, the guys? Do you guys cry? I think Manny cries more than... Most of us, but all of us together probably equal his crying, right? But um, I cry. I do cry. And um, the Bible says that God will, he's going to wipe every tear, every tear that that has fallen from our face. You know, when you read the Bible and you think about heaven and you think about hell and you think about the words that Jesus is saying here, you look at the world, you think of your family, you think of your lost ones. I know I do. And you wonder sometimes, am I going to see them there? As a Christian, I think that that should be our heart, you know, for them, for their souls to be saved. Uh, my, my dad, he passed away a few years ago. And uh, he was an alcoholic and and he had cirrhosis of the liver. But on his deathbed, like the thief on the cross, he gave his life, you know, to the Lord. A wasted life, but a saved soul. And uh, my mom also, she, uh, she gave her life to the Lord. She was on her deathbed, um, I believe, right, Joan? Oh, before her deathbed. And she had cancer, and my sister got to uh, lead her um, to the Lord. And so when you read the Bible and, and, and you hear about heaven and hell and you hear, 
you know, that um, narrow is the way and that, um, that Jesus, when he says something, he means it. It should do something in our hearts to stir us up to go out and share with our family, to share with somebody like we did in the greeting. It was so cool. It was simple, huh? Hey, Jesus loves you. And you guys were laughing and smiling. And um, Andrew was telling, every, Jesus loves everybody. I heard him. And it's true. And so, you know, Jesus is right here. He's reminding them, you know, keep calm. Keep calm. I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. Where I go, you'll be there. If it wasn't true, I wouldn't tell you. And then he goes on in uh, verse 5. I like Thomas. Everybody gives Thomas, you know, Doubting Thomas. That's his nickname, right? And then I like John's, uh, John and, and um, James, their nickname. Their nickname was the, the, thun, the, the Sons of Thunder. So they were giving nicknames back, way, way back. And so Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. And how can we know the way? And then here's the classic verse, right? Here's the bumper sticker verse. Here's the tattoo. Here's the t-shirt. Here's the verse. Jesus laid it down and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Now, we know some people uh, don't like that, right? I guess it wouldn't be uh, politically correct to say something like that. But I'm glad it was Jesus who said it, right? So when we say it, it's like, it's not my words. Jesus is the one who said it. He's the one who said that he, he's the way. We're just pointing the way, you know, where to go. And uh, in today's uh, services, today was my grandma's um, service. Um, they had uh, the, the rosary. You guys know what the rosary is, right? Is it 10 Our Fathers and 10 Hail Marys? Is that how it works? It seems like 100 to me. I was like, man, this thing's still going. And it just kept going and going. But what was crazy was it just, it was robotic. It just sounded, you know, like, like no feeling, no emotion. And um, it was really cool. My cousin, she did, she, um, you know, said some words and, ha- and did the eulogy for my grandma. And it was real cool that she just, you know, encouraged the people. You can go to God and you don't have to say memorized, you know, um, prayers. You know, you can talk to God, you know, normal. And isn't that cool? Isn't that cool that we can, we can do that? I mean, just imagine this for you who have uh, children Imagine your children talk to you like a robot. Yes, mom. Yes, dad. I know some of us would like that, so then we don't have to repeat ourselves, right? When uh, we say, hey, don't touch that. Hey, don't do that. Don't do that. But there's no emotion. And then when you see, um, you know, your son or your daughter, and they come up to you, and they give you a hug, and they say, I love you. And you can just see it in their eyes. I love you. I love you, dad. I love you, mom. I love you, Grandma, Grandpa, Aunt, Uncle. It's, it's beautiful. And the same thing is, is with the Lord, is that he says, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. There you will be. Thomas is like, well, how do we get there? You know, do we take the metro? Do we take the five? Do we take the ten? We have um, a track. The, the Jet Ministry has a track, and it says, uh, how to get to heaven from Almani. And I believe we uh, adopted it from Pasadena, right, Henry? 
And uh, it's cool because we go out on the streets, right, and we're like, okay, this is like the little icebreaker. Here you go. Um, hey, do you know how to get to heaven from Almani? And then some people are kind of thinking, like, wow, how do you get to heaven from Almani, right? <laughs> they're, they're actually thinking, right? So one time I said, one time I was messing with someone, I was all, hey, can you uh, Google, do you have a, a phone? They're all, yeah, I'm all, Google on the map um, how to get to heaven from Almani. And so someone started, like, almost, you know, almost trying to um, type it in, and then they caught it. Oh, okay. And so, you know, we mess with them, you know. Do we take Durfee? Do we take Valley? And so um, it's a cool icebreaker. But Jesus made it clear, right? He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Because of Jesus, because of the cross, we have access um, to the Lord. Without the cross, Paul the Apostle said that we would probably be the most pitiful people. You guys remember that? I think it was in uh, Corinthians he said that. And you think about Paul the Apostle and all the things he, he went through. You know, he pretty much left his, his religion. You know, some believe that he was married. Some people are not sure if, um, you know, when he got married or after, you know, he was married and he became a Christian, if his wife just said, you know what, you're too crazy. You're, you know, a Jesus freak. I'm out of here, you know. But um, th- when you think about, you know, his life, he lost, you know, what we would think, you know, everything. But he really gained, you know, more. Like he said, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And, you know, some people, they'll say, heaven, that place doesn't exist. You know, and and they try to um, tell themselves that it doesn't exist. And, you know, just because I believe, you know, let's just say I believe that the sun doesn't exist. And uh, my culture has told me that the sun doesn't exist. And uh, maybe through my family line, they've taught me that the sun doesn't exist. The sun still exists, right? And the same thing is with heaven is that um, people can tell themselves that heaven and hell doesn't exist, that it doesn't exist, and they can psych themselves out. But one day, the day will come, like we um, talked about that quote, right? In America, two things are guaranteed, taxes and death. That day will come. For them, for me, for us. And um, if I go before you guys, I ask my wife, we got to, you know, how many of you guys like old hymns? Old hymns, man, they're classic. There's this one I've been listening to um, over and over. It's called um, I'll Fly Away. Anybody know it? Sing it. I'm just playing. (laughs) It says, I'll fly away, O glory. I don't know the tune. I don't have the tune right now, and I don't want to mess your ears up. But um, I'll fly away. Look it up. YouTube it. It's a classic. Um, and so it's pretty much just saying, I'll fly away into glory. Hallelujah. I'll be gone. You know, I'm going home. And so if I go before you guys, just throw a big party and celebrate. You know, sometimes you go to funerals, and they just seem all like, mm, you know, kind of. I, could, I guess I can see why it might, depending on where they're at with the Lord. But my first uh, funeral as a Christian, um, it was amazing. It was my first time, like, going to, you know, a Christian funeral. It was a lady who served the Lord. She was a missionary. And um, it was just, like, all these people remembering on how, you know, she served the Lord, celebrating, you know, her life. And I was like, wow, this is cool. This I've never experienced nothing like this. You know, they were singing and and it was joyful, 
And there's a reason. It's because of Jesus. He said he was going to go prepare a place for us. And there will be. I can't wait. Can you wait? Maybe? No? Not saying I'm, I'm wishing death upon myself or anything like that. Because I like in and out I like um, spending time with my family. I like you guys. And I um, hope you like me too. But um, it's just one of those things that was really pressing on my heart as far as, you know, death. And I guess when a, a family member um, passes away, these are the things that are, are um, I guess, a, a reality. You know, it's almost like, you know how the Bible talks about we're in a spiritual battle? And it's almost, I don't want to say cliche, but you hear, you know, we're in a spiritual battle. There's spiritual warfare. There's spiritual warfare. And you're like, okay, yeah. But then when you're there and you sense that spiritual warfare, it, it kind of changes you know, your perspective, it kind of changes, okay, this is real, you know, this is real, it's kind of like I was listening to Brian and Cheryl Broderson uh, last week, and they were coming from Israel, and they were talking about how they were there giving Bible studies in Israel, there on the actual um, land, and they were just saying how um, it, it, it makes it even come, you know, more real and, and, and even more alive. And I hope we go to Israel one day. I hope that we can, you know, somehow pray. Pray that we can go there one day as a congregation and it would be cool. But then, you know, one day we'll be in the new Jerusalem that um, the Bible talks about in Revelation. That was where the um, streets are made of gold, jasper. We're not going to steal the floor or anything like that. And... Um, I'm just uh, real excited to see um, how, I guess, how it's going to be, you know. It talks about that, you know, some people think like, why? I remember I was talking to this one person and they were like, why would I want to go to heaven? It's going to be boring, you know. Who wants to hear, you know, harps playing? And I was like, harps? Man, we're going to be bumping. I don't know where you're going to be, you know. <laughs> but it's not, you know, it's not going to be boring. The Bible talks about that where... Um, going to rule over, you know, certain parts of, of the world, judge the angels, and there's work that's going to be done, you know, there. It's not going to be just this boring, you know, place. I remember I heard Greg Laurie say that, um, I guess people would say that, you know, you're too heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. You heard that? What does that mean? You know, I'm kind of like, okay, you're too heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Because I think of Christians who are heavenly minded, and they're the ones who are out there going to, um, where was that earthquake that happened in Nepal? Right? Samaritan's Purse, they're going out there, and, and they're serving. And then you hear about different missionaries. We got a team going to Cambodia. We already got a couple, uh, Katie and Joshua in, Cam in Cambodia, serving. We have servants here. And so you kind of think, I wonder, like, what does that, that even mean, you know, that a Christian isn't earthly-minded when usually it's the Christians who are out serving, right, because we love the Lord. And so right here, again, Thomas, he asked that question, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how do we know the way? Religion isn't the way. Coming to church isn't the way. Believe it or not, Calvary Chapel is not the way. It's just a ministry. It's Jesus who's the way. You want to know which way to go in life? You go to Jesus. 
on Sunday. Um, we're going through uh, the book of James. And I just encourage you, you know, sometimes you're like, what, what's the will for my life, Lord? Go on a computer that has a Bible software or go on a concordance and just look up the word will and you'll find the will for your life. You're going to go to a whole bunch of Bible verses that um, show you the will for your life. And so Jesus says, I'm the way. And so many people out there on the streets are confused. They're looking towards a relationship. They're looking towards a possession, a position for acceptance. They're looking for so many different things. And Jesus is saying, I'm the way. And then truth. There's so many lies out there. So many different lies. And Jesus is saying, I'm the truth. You want to know um, a lie? You want to know the truth? I'm the truth. And then you want to know what life is? He says, I am life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. It's almost like, um, what's that saying? It's too good to be true, right? Somebody said that the other day. Was it you, Joan? No? I forgot where we were at. We were talking about something, and they're all, well, that's too good to be true. And then I was thinking, huh, I wonder if it's true. Well, this right here is true. It's true. How many of you lost some, some loved ones? Isn't it cool to know that, um, you know, there's the hope. You know, sometimes we don't know. Even with my grandma, if I can be open and, and share this with you, since I've known, my grandma grew up, you know, in a religion. She grew up, you know, as a, as a Catholic. And so my hope is that on her deathbed, she called out to Jesus. You know, she called out to Jesus. And so hopefully that, you know, your loved one that, that passed away called out to Jesus. I remember one guy, he said, um, you'll be surprised uh, who's there and you'll be surprised, you know, who isn't. And then when you get there, everyone's going to say, hey, I can't believe you made it. Oh, I can't believe you made it. Oh, I can't believe you made it. Right? And it's through the free gift that God gives us. Paul says in Ephesians that it's, you know, it's not of our works. We can't work, you know, to, to get saved, you know. Uh, you can't come to the church over and over and just think, okay, well, you know, I'm going to be saved. You come to the church or to the Bible study because you are saved, right? As you keep coming and coming. And maybe for you, uh, there's some of you here today who've um, somebody invite, invited you. And you're kind of like, you know, wrestling, you know, thinking about, you know, spiritual things and the Bible and God. And I believe that the Lord is here telling you that maybe you are like Peter, you know, um, and denied the Lord three times. Maybe you were like uh, John and James. You remember those, right? The guy who wrote this, him and his brother, they were in, uh, I think, Samaria. And uh, one of the, the, the parts of Samaria didn't want to, you know, um, accept Jesus. And so they said, you know what, Jesus, why don't you call out some, some thunder or fi fire from heaven? You know, wipe these people out. And so it's cool. What I like, you know, reading, about, reading the Bible is that... Um, I know I'm not perfect, and I know I, I, I mess up. And then when I read about, like, John, and I read about the disciples, they're all messed up too, and they all mess up, right? So we're, like, in a good boat. And so it's cool 
that maybe you're, you're, you know, you're here and you're thinking, well, man, you know, I've messed up and, and um, you don't know what I've done. I've denied the Lord. And, you know, I even wanted to call some fire right, you know, on the way over here on some car, you know. And the Lord is saying, you know, let not your heart be troubled. Because what's cool is that there's forgiveness, you know, with the Lord. He, he forgives us. His love is, is amazing. And even at the, the, the funeral today, they were singing that song, Amazing Grace. And when you, when you just read the words, it's, it's so beautiful. A wretch, you know, that I, you know, that I am. I was blind. And now I see Amazing Grace. And, you know, don't let that song or even those old hymns get old, even though we call them old hymns, or I do, right? Because they're, they have weight to them. They're just, they're powerful. They're really powerful. And so, you know, as I was just reflecting and, and thinking, I was encouraged by the music. I was encouraged last week on Sunday when um, Henry shared from the Gospel of John, because the Gospel of John, um, I, I don't know if I can, can, can a book in the Bible be your favorite? Can you say that? I don't know if you can say that, but it's my favorite if I can say that, right? <laughs> I really enjoy uh, this book. And um, I just uh, encourage you, you know, I think it's in um, Luke chapter 16 or 18. I think it's 16 where it talks about the rich man and the poor man. And um, the difference, you know, when Jesus talks about parables, he usually says, um, it was like this. It was like a coin or it was like a farmer. And he never gives names when it comes to a parable. But when he um, is talking about the rich man and Lazarus, he has names. So um, we believe that it's not a parable and that it was an actual story. And so he goes on and uh, the rich man goes into uh, this place, uh, Hades, which um, is where, you know, before Jesus died on the cross, it was divided into um, parts. One was where Abraham was and there was peace. The other part is where there was torment um, for the non-believer or for the person who rejected um, God um, in the Old Testament days. And so it's interesting that, you know, somehow the poor man can see uh, Lazarus and he's telling him, I'm sorry, the rich man can see uh um, Lazarus, and he goes and tells him, go tell my family about this place. Warn them about this place. It's hot. You know, I, I'm, I'm being tortured. and I'm being tormented. Or maybe he was telling Abraham, one of them. He was talking to either one of them. I'm paraphrasing. And so he goes, and he, they, tell, they tell the, the, the rich man, even if somebody rose from the, you know, even some, if somebody came back from the dead, they still wouldn't believe. And isn't that true? Because someone did rise from the dead, right? Jesus rose from the dead. Now, does that mean we just stop telling people about Jesus? No way. No way, right? We still go out there and we tell people about Jesus. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. And it's cool that um, we don't have to say all those ten how Marys or um, our fathers or um, you know, some people, I think it was Martin Luther, he used to be on his knees until they bleed. And, you know, uh, people around uh, the country, uh, the, around the world, they uh, crucify themselves. They do all these things to their bodies, hoping 
that um, they'll be good enough. Religion tells you that you have to reach up for God. You have to do this. You have to do that. But the Bible teaches that God came down to reach us. He reached down for us. Aren't you guys, isn't that good news? That's good news that we don't have to um, jump through, you know, the, the loops and, the, and all that type, of thing, that type of stuff. That's beautiful news. And that's what sets Jesus apart from anybody else. Anybody else. That's what separates the Bible from any other um, religion, any other religious um, literature, is that it's a free gift. And so maybe you're here today, like I shared, and, um, and God's just tugging at your heart. He's tugging at your heart. He's reminding you that, hey, heaven's a, a real place. It's not just a motivation. It's a destination. It's not just a destination. It's a motivation because heaven does motivate us, right? It does motivate us to, to go out and, and talk to people about Jesus. And it motivates us even, too, to know that even though I'm suffering on this side of time, even though it's rough um, on, on, in this season of my life or in your life, I know one day I'll be at home. And I know one day that every tear will be wiped away. There would be no more sorrow, no more pain. Wasn't that in the song? No more sorrow, no more pain. I will rise. Right? Okay. So it was even in the song. And so that's just amazing grace. It's beautiful news. And just like we had that icebreaker when we first uh, greeted each other, tomorrow tell somebody. Tomorrow tell somebody at work, at In-N-Out, at Target, at um, wherever you guys go, Jesus loves you. We hope you were encouraged by this study. If you have any questions, please call us at Calvary Chapel El Monte at air code 626-454-3414. Remember that Jesus loves you.